A.M. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. It's kind of a typical holiday type of trade, the choppiness that will continue at least through the end of this year. We'll look at South American weather in the back half. We're going to look back at 21 and look forward to 22. What are some things that we're going to have to keep an eye out for? Last time I'm talking to this guy this year, and that's Arlen Suderman. He is with Stonex. And Arlen, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. The typical holiday trade. We just have no sort of pattern. We're just bouncing all over. Yeah, that's exactly right. As we look at today's activity, we started off pretty good overnight. Then we sold off early this morning. Then we rallied. Then we backed off, and it was just choppy, two-sided trade. Uh, very typical action, what we'd expect this time of year. Kind of what we've been warning our customers about as we came into the final uh, week of the year. It's thin holiday trade. That tends to make things choppy. You've got some portfolio rebalancing by some of the institutional investors. Um, we got some profit taking on some significant uh, gains that occurred during this year. A lot of different factors, and yes, there are supply and demand factors out there, but at times those seem to take a backseat, or they were simply used as an excuse to do whatever the funds wanted the market or needed the market to do at the time. You look at that and that choppiness, that's something we should be, be used to because it happens year in and year out. But having said that, are guys out there marketing, or are they just going to hold off and wait until that clock turns to 2022? We did see some marketing today. As corn pushed back above $6, and it came back, and it kind of tested that $6 level again. And I was fairly impressed with how it, the lead March contract held above $6. But one of the things that kind of stopped it in its tracks as it pushed above $6 is some imp- increased movement of corn at farm level. Um, so there is some movement. It was just too tempting to pass up for some farmers. What are we seeing when it comes to, to weather in South America? Because it's dry there. You and I have been talking about this for a couple weeks. It is dry, and the forecasts are putting a little bit more in it. But I should be more specific when I say it's dry. It's dry in um, roughly about half of Argentina's grain belt. It's dry in Paraguay. It's dry in southern Brazil. When you look at the part of Brazil that's really under varying levels of crop stress, it's about 35% of their anticipated production that's under stress. The other 65% or so of the crop is everywhere from average to well above average. They've started harvesting soybeans in Monte Grosso, which is a highly productive center west district of Brazil. They started um, here this week, midweek, uh, harvesting those soybeans. And the early yields running maybe 15% above trend levels, we know is the harvest advances to the south and there's going to be a lot of variability everywhere you go in brazil because it's a big country um, but if further you get to the south you know and here in the states the harvest moves south to north there it moves north to south uh, we're going to see the best yields early and the poorest yields late we're going to be updating using a, our customer survey to update production estimates in brazil on monday and I haven't seen any data yet, so don't interpret it as I'm letting something, a cat out of the bag or something like that. I'm just going off of my hunches right now ahead of seeing the data that we're probably going to see the good yields in the northern two-thirds of the belt 
offset much of the losses in the southern third. And then we'll have to look at what the losses are in Paraguay, where it's really been kind of record heat and, and dryness, and in parts of Argentina. I know some of the forecasts this week have been showing some showers in, as we get into next week, but the, the weathermen we work with are really kind of skeptical because, as we know here in the plains, when it's been really hot and dry, it's really hard to turn that around and to get that rain coming out of the clouds to reach the ground. And dryness is what we're seeing. I mean, you look at the, the panhandle and into Kansas and even areas of Nebraska. I mean, Mother Nature has not been very nice so far this winter. No, it looks like we're going to get some snow this weekend. Uh, but uh, it, the Arctic air coming in, triggering that snow is going to take a lot of the moisture out of the air. So at this point, I'm not optimistic there's going to be a lot of moisture with that snow. So we'll take what we get. That'll help protect the wheat from the cold to some extent. Um, And so we think the coldest threatening air is going to be over areas where there's snowpack. Um, But overall, the drought continues, and we don't see a lot breaking in the the central and southern plains drought uh, as we head into the winter now. What are you seeing when it when it comes to I'm going to look at the cattle side of it. I mean, nice to see some some cash this week on a Wednesday, but several dollars higher than what we saw last week. Yeah, in the north we're seeing cattle equivalent of 140 on a on a live basis. Uh, not a lot of movement yet in the southern belt. Uh, basically, we're seeing packers offer 138, which would be about three dollars higher than last week. Feeders are still asking for 139. We anticipate something will probably open up yet today or tomorrow on that, and we'll see some movement there. But that gives us some optimism that we're seeing some demand. Um, that uh, look gives us a little more positivity as we head into 2022. What about for the hogs? They've been kind of flopping as well. Yeah, they really have been. And right now that February contract's trading, what, about $12 or so above the cash index. So something's got to give on that. Probably both coming together. The board may be a little bit softer as we go forward and the cash coming higher. I'm sure when we come back to take a look at what we're looking at 21 and 22, I'm sure African swine fever will be part of that discussion. Yeah, absolutely. Keeping it out of the United States. But fortunately, things have stabilized in China somewhat now. All right. Well, stick around, folks. We do have a lot more coming up as we continue with the second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell. As mentioned, we're going to take a look at 2021. What were some of those key things that we saw and what do we need to keep an eye out for as we hit 2022? Hard to believe it is just a few days away. More is coming up. It's the Wednesday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Here is another Fontenelle feature. I'm Joe Gangwish with Fontenelle Hybrids featuring another dealer for our network. We're going to visit with Terry Kachera from Bassett, Nebraska. And Terry, tell us a little bit about your dealership and working for Fontenelle. Well, Joe, I've been a dealer for Fontenelle since 1972. During my career as a seed dealer and farmer in Nebraska, I've seen a lot of change. As genetics and technology progress through the years and decades, Fontenelle has always been as progressive as any seed company that I've ever been around. Terry, any advice that you've learned through all these years of dealing with Fontenelle? I've always said uh, in farming, you're always going to make mistakes. You know, in most mistakes, you just can't help. You know, it's the weather or machine breakdown or pivot blows over or something like that. Uh, Hybrid selection really isn't one that you should have to worry about. And Fontenelle always stands well, always yields well, and is fairly priced. That's Terry Kuchera from Bassett, Nebraska. To learn more about products or to become a dealer, just go to Fontenelle.com. 
Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation with Arlen Suderman, who is Stonex. And looking at Rewind, as we look back at 2021 and quite the interesting marketing year that it was, Arlen, I mean, I look at African swine fever, weather in South America, weather here. There's a lot of uh, key components that kind of influence the trade this year. It really was, and it seems like the later I get in my career, the more fascinating these markets become and more frustrating they are for both producers and end users. But from a student of the market standpoint, a lot of dynamics happening, certainly. And uh, we've had two years of COVID now, this year more coming out of it than what we was in t- were in t- 2020. But as we come out of it and all the stimulus that was in there really started giving us inflation, which changed the dynamics of these markets. We had good demand. We had a growing season that had some very dry conditions in the uh, northwestern part of the Midwest Ag Belt. And we thought we was going to have some significant yield reductions. And in some cases we did, but overall the crop still surprised us. We had some excessively wet conditions in the eastern Midwest that kind of gave us good yields, but not quite what we expected because of some late disease problems and, and then supply chain disruptions and, and then high fertilizer prices when our energy prices started to soar, particularly natural gas and not just the United States. A lot of people blame it on that, but it's really those uh, prices overseas for natural gas that were many multiple times what they were here that shut down production facilities needed to meet the world demand. And of course, we can't forget Hurricane Ida that came right up the Mississippi River there at the ports of New Orleans, shutting them down for the month of September and uh, creating some havoc with our export market. So many different things happening and cannot forget and our prayers still go out to those affected by the inland hurricane i'll call it that happened on december 15th um that uh, created havoc with crops and buildings and then of course the fires that got started as power lines went down and did tremendous damage to structures and and uh, thousands of cattle that were lost in that event you know, and, and we continue to see more photos and more discussions about that event. And as I talked to a, a gentleman today, Arlen, he said the one thing we need right now, more than anything, is some ground cover. Because he says every time the wind blows, we're losing great Kansas soil as it, as it moves north or, or east, depending on the wind direction. And he's concerned what this is going to mean five months from now when guys try to get out there and get some wheat replanted. Yeah, absolutely. It's a concern. And unfortunately, it doesn't look very optimistic. We, are, As we said in the first uh, segment, that we were going to have some snow cover, it looks like, as we get into this weekend, but not a lot of moisture with it. And the, a La Nina pattern continues to be with us and looks to continue for the next couple of months, which tends to leave us on the warm side which takes more moisture out of the ground, uh, stresses crops more, as well as a lack of uh, snow cover or lack of rainfall. All right. What's going to happen? I mean, 2022, you got to kind of be hoping for some excitement, but some good things to come the way for both grain and livestock. 
Yeah, we're still looking at inflation in this coming year, and it's going to be interesting to see how the Federal Reserve manages it. They've indicated maybe three rate hikes of 25 basis points each this year, this coming year. I don't think that that's going to be enough to really manage the inflation issue, um, but uh, the Fed's going to be under pressure not to get too aggressive with the rate hikes in an election year, even though they claim to be non-political. It doesn't matter which party's in office. Those pressures are certainly there. They're between a rock and a hard place now. Some of it's what they've created for themselves, the position they put themselves in. Um, geopolitical risk, you know, Black swan events, by definition, are impossible to predict, but we always have to be looking for what might happen. Will Russia invade Ukraine? Will China reunite Taiwan as they've promised to do? Those are a couple things that could have tremendous impacts on the commodity markets in 2022 that we need to be watching. High crop input prices, those fertilizer prices, it's possible we haven't seen the highest prices yet. What will that do to global corn production? What about wheat production where we're expecting to see lower application rates around the world as well for wheat? Lowering protein content, maybe lowering yields. Um, and, and then what about the new generation of renewable fuels? We should see that gain some momentum in 2022. It looks like it could be as big as the ethanol boom 15 years ago, but slower developing because we have to develop the infrastructure for it. That's going to take some time. But all those things, some positives, some negatives, but I'd say a lot of net positives in there. I tend to be an optimist. All right, let's bring on 2022, Arlen. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? StoneX.com or on Twitter, Arlen, A-R-L-A-N-F-F-101 is my handle. And that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. As always, remember, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable for all investors. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.